Have you ever had one of those moments where you met someone that had a profound impact on you and then lost track, lost touch, only to find out they are still rocking along and having profound impact on others? Well, you're about to meet an incredible woman, Miss Sophie McLean, who has been in the transformational space for as long as I can remember. And I had the pleasure to reconnect with her decades later. Cue the intro. Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed, whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose. We talk with the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug. After working on multiple Grammy-winning records, years on the road as a national trainer with Tony Robbins, a published author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your transformation, enlightenment, and exponential growth. And now, the real deal on. Are you feeling stressed out? Perhaps you're being overwhelmed by trepidation or anxiety. Then go ahead to guidedhypnotic.com and download your free guided hypnotic meditation. That's guidedhypnotic.com. All right. Here we go. What a blessing we have today. Uh, I just want to thank you for sharing your most valuable asset, your time and your wisdom. But I have this amazing introduction that I'm going to read because your story is incredible and I can't wait to learn even more. And I'm sure our tribe here is going to benefit uh, profoundly from it. So, Sophie McLean, wisdom teacher, born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France, and with a professional career in the USA and UK, Sophie McLean has had an eventful life. She's been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, and a CEO. She's been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She's lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and an ashram. As a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world of all ethnicities, ages, religions, and social backgrounds, all engaged with the universal existential questions of who am I and what is my life about? Now, after seven years in France, Sophie McLean is in New York to begin acts three of her life, speaking, consulting, writing, and teaching courses and online seminars with the framework of access to awareness. Her seminar topics span both human and metaphysical dimensions, deconstructing the automatic ego, consciousness, freedom, love, stress, anxiety, fear, relationships, health, sex, money, ownership, spirituality, creation, and evolution, the feminine and the masculine, being responsible and making a difference in the world and being effective at it. Of her transformational teaching style, Sophie says, I engage people in a rigorous review of her of their life and a systematic questioning of their conclusions on the basis that without examining our network of ideas, beliefs, social and cultural judgments, and our assumptions about the world, these those are transformed into constraints. My interest is in the nature of what it means to be human. Sophie's new book, The Elegance of Simplicity, is a compelling, thought-provoking work of autobiographical fiction, one that communicates life-altering concepts proposing an effortless pathway to awareness. It's a deeply honest and dramatic story of self-discovery about what is possible when you take responsibility, own your power, and become one with life. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It's elegantly written, and uh, I quite enjoyed reading it. It was uh, delicious. So... 
Thank you so much. And I just to to back up, we met on the path. You were a trainer at a, uh, a, a personal development experience early in my journey. And to this mm-hmm. day, I do have to tell you, I still quote you. I give you credit. Um, but one of the sayings that stuck with me that I use, uh, and hopefully in a similar fashion, is um, why are you being so stingy? Don't be a worm. <laughs> and, <laughs> I get away with murder with my accent, right? Yes, in America, <laughs> I can say that. And because I have this accent, people don't get offended. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, and I, I do it in your accent. I don't do it as well as you, of course. But um, I really appreciated um, you were early in my journey. You were uh, one of the teachers that did have a uh, a profound impact, just because also because of the context, the the what you were teaching, the way you were teaching was kind of opposite to what I had. My previous experience was Tony Robbins, um, so it it was so contrast and so powerful to just experience it the way I did. So I I thank you for being part of the journey and and. Um, honored to have this conversation and support your mission moving forward. Yeah. So, Doug, um, it's my privilege. I want you to know um, when you acknowledge me like that, I, I have the experience of fulfillment because this is my path on the, in life. So it goes both ways, but I got your acknowledgement. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So as we move forward into kind of unpacking all of this, how did you get into this line of work, transformational work, was this something that was always a calling or did something happen where you had a moment said, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. I had, I had the, the uh, really gift. I had two gifts. When, one, when I was two years old and I got a message. And when I was 12, I had, again, uh, what I call a... a a gift it's it the experience is like downloading a message i was playing in my garden in casablanca morocco and suddenly i got the illusion of life it's hmm. like i was uh, being given that gift saying you know whatever you're looking at it is not real so i was 12 so i ran to my parents and i said i understand that everything we are living with through and everything we identify with is not real. Well, my parents looked at the 12 year old and say, okay, she's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and I got the nickname, the crazy one in my family to this day. All right. Yeah. So and you were I, proudly. Was, I was a, a kind of different child. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I uh, then proceeded to, forget about those two experiences, meaning I didn't run with them. I went into life and did what we all do. I started to survive. Mm. And life uh, served me circumstances that had me, had me wake up. Wake up. So, oh, I hear uh, that was weird. an echo. Do you hear? Yeah, that was Not strange. Um, so, um, you know, there is an energy in life that is a kinetic energy that will mm-hmm. move you to elevate yourself. If you resist, that energy will have you elevate yourself anyway, because there is no resisting elevation, right? There is no resisting evolution. And that energy is called suffering. Mm. Right? So I started to suffer. Yeah. I had a lot of tragedies. A lot of dramas, rape, lost a child, lost my husband in dramatic situation. And through all those, 
happening in the space of 10 years, I, I uh, woke up again. And the, the moment I surrendered and let go of surviving just because I could not survive anymore, there was too many tragedies and all that, that at that moment, I got the power of awareness that it is the ultimate power and I found peace. So I was 20, uh, 32, I think, and um, I never stopped since then. And did you start getting into, I saw you have a degree in philosophy. Was that when you started on that path of education or were you already on that? No, no, I was. And I did, here's my studies. I did, I, st I started by studying medicine, then discovered I didn't want to be a doctor. Then I went to interior design and then I got bored with it. Then I became a horse rider teacher. Then I became a helicopter pilot. Then I started selling jewelry. Then my husband died. I had to take over his company. He owned an airport in England. So there was 800 employees. So I find myself at 28 year old, the CEO of an 800 people airport. And then, <laughs> then, and only then I said, all right, all of that is not for me. What I want is awareness. So then I started training myself in philosophy, awareness, ontology, um, all that. Wow. So was, yeah. the good news is it's never too late. Uh, the, <laughs> that's right. Everybody that hasn't found their path, keep at it. I was that's right. too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's an, and it's an important distinction because I think there are some people who feel like all is lost, like the, the, it's over, like we might as well just give up. And so many times those are the moments when we can make a decision, when we take that personal responsibility and change our path. And, and that's yeah, huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've done it again. I'm going to be 60 in three weeks. Oh, happy and birthday. Thank you. And I'm starting, I came back to New York City and I'm starting my company again. So you're never done. And that's the purpose of really this conversation ultimately is that pivoting, the reinventing, that when crazy things happen, we have a choice, right? We nothing like, uh, I'll, I'll quote a... Uh, um, I'll use Tony's model, you know, nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give it, um, mm -hmm. or life is empty and meaningless and, uh, mm -hmm. that whole conversation. So the choice that we make based on whatever's going on is chocolate or vanilla. Like we get that yes. choice yes. and thank you for yes. leading by choosing to serve and continue to press on instead of just throwing up our hands. Cause it sounds like you've mm -hmm. also had enough excuses to do so. Well, you know, the funny thing is that I really, I moved back to France and I set myself up in, around my family in the south of France, in the most beautiful, Tony, I mean, glorious. It's a glorious place of the world, right? I had this house with a pool. It was glorious. I got so miserable, <laughs> so miserable. I cannot tell you how miserable yeah. I got. I was in this paradise and miserable until I surrendered again. I had this impulse inside of me that I cannot resist to give away what I got. And that's why I called myself a teacher, right? A teacher is somebody that takes all of their experiences and pass it on so that people can do what they want with it. And um, so I surrendered and moved back to New York right on tap for COVID. And uh, now we're having a hurricane. Okay, good. Yay. The hurricane's coming up there to you. Yeah, we'd see. Yeah. 
passed us by actually we uh we were driving down from uh orlando and it was it we got here and it was fine it was beautiful so we're like ah dodge that bullet yeah it should hit new york all right so obviously you lived in new york before so i'm going to hallucinate when you share this vision that you're in the south of france beautiful surroundings Mm -hmm. but you were not feeling you were living your purpose no no, and, and I, I, you know, I, I did a lot already in the last few years, so I thought, okay, I can now, you know, maybe write a book and relax, go to ski, just go to swim, be with my family. Absolutely miserable. And that's when the nickname, the crazy one, got reinforced in my uh. family because they cannot <laughs> understand that I now, in a very small apartment in New York, <laughs> but I'm fully self-expressed. <laughs> yes, living your purpose. That's and yeah. that's so important. And I think that oftentimes, you know, the, the work that we're doing is helping people do exactly that to just live authentically to be themselves and not be worrying about judgment and trying to live into someone else's model of the world. And it's it's really powerful that you're doing it. So how do you how are you doing that now you have a, a new program that you're that you've got as part of your reinvention. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure as you had this vision prior to what was going on, um, did the idea of COVID change the way you were moving forward? Because you were clearly speaking in front of people, holding events and so forth. Were you already doing a hybrid, doing online and live events? Yes, I was. And uh, so moving online for me has not been a problem. I mean, I miss the connection with the participant. I miss the uh, people obviously like everybody but uh, for me online works very well and the advantage of it is that i can have people from all over the world in the course i'm currently leading i have people from south africa england germany uh, you know uh, la hawaii so it's all great so in fact you know it brings the world to me right so which is good awesome yeah yeah so what is the uh the culmination of all your teachings is the your new uh, process your new curriculum um, I, I look at kind of where we're at in the years you have a, a few more years on me um, in in the teaching space and so forth but I look at what we do is kind of like Bruce Lee like you know kind of taken in we've studied all these things and then we distill it down to what worked the best for us and then share it what would you say are some of the the key uh, points or the teachings that have been part of your fa- your fundamentals or foundations that have, have been the most profound for you? Um, well, let me just create the context, right? So I believe that we are undergoing a shift mm-hmm. uh, in our evolution as human beings. And it's from homo sapiens to homo spiritus. And it's not from me, that expression. It's from David Hawkins. And, and the shift means... Um, that the reign of the ego that has been around for centuries and that has gotten us where we are, uh, it served us the way it served mm-hmm. us, it's fine, but it now has come to the time to complete. And unfortunately, any birth happened in pain. And if you ask any woman that give birth naturally, there is not one of them that tell you it was not painful. And so that birth 
is happening with quite a lot of pain and suffering, but it's time to move to homo spiritus. So what does it mean to move to homo spiritus? It's to create a culture for humankind where you are connected to your ground of being, also called the soul, while operating in the material world. So there is this added connection that takes you out of survival and puts you into alignment and that gives you the direction for your purpose and your mission. So um, I, my entire work is around facilitating that shift. You know, it's as if a train is leaving the station, you want to be on that train. You don't want to have to wait for whenever the next train is coming. And because when you go with the flow of the universe, when you do not resist elevation, where you surrender to what wants to happen, then you don't suffer. It doesn't mean you don't have problems, but you don't suffer. The suffering is, is um, necessary because it moves people to elevate, and i rather do it without suffering. So that's the context for my entire work. So how, I, I love it, I get it. How does one straddle like that experience, the surrender and the, you know, existential mm-hmm. and to, to be present to the soul, be present to source, be present to that, yet at the mm-hmm. same time work okay. through yeah. the problems? Yeah. Yeah, so that is um, where um, the work of awareness comes, right? So the first thing, as you know, Doug, is that you need to take the time to get to the source of your survival. So you survive only when you're faced with a danger, right? If a butterfly flew in front of you, no danger, no survival. You would love the color of the wings and the movement, how beautiful you will be present. Now, if I parachute a rhinoceros in front of you, whoa, danger, right? So you'll get into survival. Either you'll attack the rhinoceros, you'll run away, you'll freeze, but you'll be in total survival. And there is all sort of body uh, chemicals and biological Mm -hmm. phenomena that happen, right? Okay. Now, the ego served us when we had to survive nature, the animals, feed ourselves, and all that we needed to survive, it served us well. But if you look at where it is now, we are surviving each other. And that is a profound sorrow of the culture we have created. We are surviving each other, looking to feed and um, find energy by dominating control, violence, cruelty, protection. And that is truly just needs to to transform. So the first thing is you need to get to the source of your own survival. How did you put it together? What protection did you create around you? What did you construct? Like this kind of character, this identity, this persona that you created to survive others and the world. Once you get to the source of that, once you are fully responsible, the originator, you see exactly how you put it together. Then you can meet who you really are because you have cleaned up all the fake protection. So that process 
of, I call it the deconstruction of the ego, because we constructed it, mm-hmm. which is a good news, right? Because if we were born with an ego, we couldn't do anything about it. But no, we're not born with an ego. We construct it from a very, very young age, all the way to about 18 or 19, then you're done. You're in a cage. You are like fully in the ego. And what people don't understand about the ego is that ego is not being a jerk or a worm or being <laughs> arrogant. The ego is everything you identify with that is not who you really are. So, for example, you can identify with the amount of money you have or with the amount of success you have or with being a father, with being a husband or with being your title at your work or with your age or with your weight or with your looks. We, as human beings inside of the ego, we identify with anything we can put our hand on because we feel like we need to be grounded and find a place to control something. But in fact, the only place you can be grounded in is when you are aligned with yourself, when you meet yourself, when you know who you really are. Then life becomes such an adventure and fun because you then your life in the material world is about fulfilling on your soul intention so you have direction you don't get up in the morning wondering what your life is about and what is this about and feeling powerless and what's going to happen and trying to get certainty everywhere you don't because you are grounded you are connected to who you really are so that's and, what i offer in my program and simple not easy mm. Because exactly, yeah. The the concept and and there's so many ways to share that concept that surrender is surrendering of our intellect that tries to put it all together and that's where the ego lies because then it becomes even for some a competition on who can be the best at letting go and surrendering and who can right and it's it's such an interesting dichotomy that we we straddle and then when we have even more coming at us. Like right now, we couldn't have, I, I, I don't, couldn't, couldn't see this coming as far as the division. But yet interesting, when we look back at history and, and you've shared some of the, you know, the, the challenges and the crazy things you've been through in other parts of the world, um, things were actually almost worse back in years ago. And it's almost in a context that we've gotten so um, so addicted to comfort and an expectation of ease rather than the it's almost like the universe is putting this back on us to put us in a place of hey you got you got to figure this out that it's yeah. you know there's more to life than stuff yeah. and yeah. things and, it, and so it's forth. It's exactly like that, isn't it? It really feels like the universe said to us, "Go to your bedroom and think consciously." <laughs> you know, we all send home, and yeah. and many people are pushed to look inside and connect to who they really are because you do get into the existential question of what is my life about? What is the meaning of it all? Who am I? What am I? This is a time. So it really does look like an existential global awakening. That's the shift I'm talking about. Yeah, thank you. And that's kind of all the... To move out of suffering, because I, I struggle with it. I'm human, right? Like I see the pain in the world. And my mission has always been to do anything I can to eliminate pain or to 
provide the opportunity for people to figure out how to eliminate for themselves. It's not that I'm going to do anything other than yeah. create a space for someone to create their own healing. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, first there is a difference, if you don't mind, right? Yes, Once a teacher, always a teacher. Yeah, yeah. There is a difference between pain and suffering. Agreed. It's like fear and anxiety, right? So pain is good that we have pain because otherwise we will burn ourselves, hurt ourselves. Suffering is is uh, when you believe the illusion. Right. right? So, so it's a story, right? Replace the word that I was using yeah. pain to suffering. <laughs> I uh, thank you for the the, the, the speech or the the you know re present thing. Um, yeah. And I guess maybe I to to use the word to say oh, I want to help end suffering and all that. I don't know. Like either of them I, at some point. Then again, ego coming in. Does that sound cliche? Does it sound like trite? Does it, you know? And then you get back into that whole conversation when it's really out of genuine care and. Yeah. and appreciation oh, yes. for for people and really wanting them to be the best version of themselves and yeah, to yeah. use whatever resources they have yeah. access to yeah. to create that yeah. but you know the here's a paradox all of life is a paradox right you cannot end suffering by trying to end suffering right <laughs> <laughs> so you know here's a context i give you a context so imagine we all um, in another realm right the spiritual realm the quantum realm and that and we say okay let's have a game let's create a game and we create a game for 85 years or 90 years we'll get everything we want everything we desire every result we want just like total bliss right so we play that game for 85 years and it's fun whatever you want you get and there is no problem no suffering no pain nothing you get everything you want okay so then the game is complete and then we meet again and then we say uh, all right well let's create another game let's create this time a thrilling game like you know when you go to the movie to watch a horror movie mm -hmm. you go for the thrill you disgusted you frightened or when you go to a movie so that you can cry and be moved okay let's create one of those games thrilling games so what do we need to create a thrilling game we need hmm, no control whatsoever we need total uncertainty and we need to forget that we created the game that will be fun Okay, that's the game we're living in. Yeah. Well, total thrills, right? <laughs> no control, total uncertainty, and we forget who we really are. So true. And it reminds me of the Matrix, right? When uh, That's right. It said the, the first time we made when the agent Smith says the first time we made it, we made it excellent for you. You didn't have to think everything was perfect and you all died because there was no challenge. There was no anything. For some reason, we needed to make this kind of crazy for you so that you'd actually survive. It, it's almost like there's it's that um, uh, failure to thrive syndrome if we don't have any uh, resistance or so forth. And, and similar, I use that example a lot when I talk about um, the story of our life, the narrative and so forth. And I'll say, look, if you got a book and chapter one said everything's great and chapter two couldn't be better. Chapter three, life is grand. How many chapters would you read before you put it down? Right. And so if we can embrace that in our life and, and when these challenges come in, come from a position of, man, this is awesome. I choose to, I choose to get on this roller coaster right now. I choose to go into this um, haunted house and, you know, see yeah, what kind of scary things. But I find that if you know who you really are, if you connect to your soul, right, and you actually get an experience of your soul, 
then you can play that thrilling game being liberated, being mm -hmm. self-expressed, being t in total acceptance. If I didn't have that connection to the spiritual, I, even saying, okay, I choose it, I choose it, I think I would not experience joy and calm and well-being. Because truly, Doug, if we look at life, it's not an easy place. You know, it's, it's no. really it's not. I, I lead a call with uh, some um, country director from the United Nations. They, they work in Africa. Do you know what they're dealing with there? It is horrifying because, for example, they didn't get the vaccine during COVID, right? That for malaria, polio, cholera. Mm -hmm. So, so now they have all of it, poverty, the, the whole thing on top of COVID-19, right? So this game of life is not exactly easy. It's a tough game. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my masters said to me, um, if you're really, really enlightened soul, like a very high level consciousness soul, then you incarnate back on earth. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> And this entire experience is about experiencing. I really, if I look at my life, I elevated myself through experiencing experiences from despair to joy and everything in between. And when I managed to surrender to whatever life was giving me, the suffering disappeared and everything flew, flow, flows uh, with grace. So with that in mind in that that model for how does one then deal with then feelings right so you know i'm a big proponent of conscious like awareness and conscious um state management meaning like when i'm going to and what i teach is when you're going to an experience you want to fill yourself with the appropriate energy the appropriate mm -hmm. state you know mm -hmm. when when is confidence appropriate when is curiosity mm -hmm. appropriate when is that kind of thing and yet some can look at that as going oh well you're just denying feeling anything because if you're not liking what you're feeling or it's not serving you then if you go change it you're not experiencing through it mm. okay i i am a bit concerned that i'm talking too much but can i tell you another story Yes, of course, please. I mean, that's okay. why you're okay. here. All right. So I call my students beavers. I tell them, don't be a beaver, right? So if you look at um, the whole of life, there is, let's do it um, just uh, simply, right? So there is a, the divine realm. That's a mystery. People call it God or light or whatever, right? You can't talk about it too much. It's a mystery. There is a quantum dimension where intelligence resides, souls, possibilities and then there is a material world and the mystic says that there is a river of life what they call the river of life which is a flow of energy that goes from the divine to the quantum to the material and back again so imagine this river of life it can be a river of energy light water whatever you want okay and i think the people that are fully enlightened are people that can move to the three different dimensions with total ease total and flow Mm -hmm. uh, with no no stops they they you know it's obviously not linear but those are enlightened people like buddha or jesus christ or socrates okay so now we on the other hand are beavers that means that when there is an experience and an emotion and a feeling that is too 
uncomfortable to experience, like anger, fear, resentment, jealousy. We build a dam. That's what beaver do. And we build a dam. And if you examine your body, you will know exactly where you build dams, either in your throat chakra or heart or whatever. You build a dam. You don't want to ex experience that emotion. Now, if you don't experience that emotion, what happened behind the dam? Well, the level of water goes up and up and up. And then you have dead tree, dead fishes, rusted cars, right? That's what happened in dormant still water, right? Yep. So, and then the dam starts to break a little bit. So quickly you build the dam back up, right? But the paradox of it is if you build a dam because you don't want to experience an emotion, then the emotion stays with you forever behind the dam. So being with your emotions and your feelings means that you let them flow through you up the river of life. So when they go, they go, they disappear. This is what people don't get is that, you know, I, let's say I feel sad when I think about the death of my husband. Let's say I have a surge of sadness. I don't push it away. I don't resist it. I don't build a dam. I experience and dive in the sadness until it disappears. And it happens just like that. So moment by moment, you are free. But your emotions, first, if you feel despair, you're not going to die. You know, if you feel mm -hmm. fear, if you feel anger, you are not going to die. I mean, people need to wake up. Emotions are not going to kill you. You can experience them. And then the other thing is experience can point you in the direction where you need to look, right? So if you, for example, are frightened to speak in public, that fear will open up the possibility to look at your relationship with her other human being, that you're more frightened to talk to a human being than to, you know, why, right? So it can point you in the right direction. So emotions and feelings are exactly like suffering um, really to be welcome and made your friend if you look at them with awareness and don't build a dam, don't be a beaver. Well, beautiful. And that's the challenge, I think, for, for many is, I think, a couple of things is one, it's that expectation that you're not supposed to feel that way, whatever you're feeling. And then the other challenge is, I think, and it's been my experience, we, part of my history is after, you know, after meeting you and that whole process, I shifted from music industry to actually personal development, went on the road with Tony Robbins and, and got, you know, master practitioner and trainer of NLP and all that. And then uh, worked at a drug and alcohol treatment center for eight years where we were like in the trenches. We were full service from detox to residential to outpatient. I mean, we had the, the full gamut. We ran the family program, the coaching. And the, what we found was drugs and alcohol are not the problem. They're the solution. They're just a strategy for someone to change how they're feeling. And it's a very effective strategy. And one of the things that we found is, is a lot of times people would get stuck in that emotion, whether it be sadness or anger and so forth. And, and sadly, a lot of times they got reinforced for having that. And, and I know it's going a little bit down a rabbit hole as far as the, the mindset of getting addicted to victimhood and getting, getting attention, getting, allowing for excuses, say, oh, yeah, oh, you, you went through that, oh, you poor thing, oh, I, oh, yeah, I don't blame you for, you know, being miserable or being stuck or, or being whatever and not being able to let go and surrender to whatever that was to move on and ultimately not be able, 
get trapped into not even be able to forgive yourself because then when, and this is the personal development quandary is as you start doing the work, then you start looking back at some of the decisions, some of the challenges, and then you start beating yourself up potentially because you go, oh, had I done this or that or whatever? And then we, it just creates, again, the, the paradox of the, the challenge of personal development and self-awareness is that then you go, oh, I could have changed earlier or I could have had I done this, which then goes back to the same concept of it should be a certain way instead of just letting it go and allowing it be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simple you know, the, it's, it's, um, you know, the, this, um, the ego is created, the survival mechanism is created and the brain works hand in hand with that uh, survival mechanism is that you store everything from the past so that you can predict on how to act when something comes at you. So the past is actually kidnapped you and, and, and all your past experience, your past decision, so you're absolutely not present because you use the past and what happened and what you did in the past to act and predict how you will be if whatever happens, happens, right? So there is nobody home in the present. No. So regretting the past is more of that. Analyzing the past is more of that. Dissecting the past is more of that. So this self-awareness um, uh, uh, discipline has a very fine line if you mm -hmm. cross that line you become narcissistic egocentric and a, a sufferer a victim um, you know you it, it's all ego right egocentric means your all your intention is on you the other side of that life is that you deal with whatever you need to deal with your past to let it go Right. Not to understand it, not to analyze it, just to let it go so that you are free from your past and free to be present in the moment, right? And then when you, so when you deconstruct all your past and your ego, you then have the experience of being alive where life is serving you a moment. You don't have much to say with the circumstances of life, right? It's just a moment that happens to you and you, the universe is inviting you to dance with it to participate in it. And that's where your free will comes. You and don't have much to do with the circumstances. You can't, you know, none of us decided on COVID. Right. But how you are in the face of it, then you you have a say. And then, Doug, one more thing is that, you know, we are living an, through an upheaval that we've never known before. None of us through, went through a global pandemic. So unfortunately for many people, the past, they can't go and find something in their past that had them survive this thing because we've never went through it before. And that's where people get depressed and anxious and because suddenly the survival is not working and this scrambling trying to survive another way by holding on to everything they knew worked in the past. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You need to just be nothing and do not choose survival again. Choose being alive. Uh, so true. And, and one of the things that uh, I'm hopeful, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, about is that more people like you and, and others are going to continue myself included, to step up and provide 
resources of possibility thinking that people start looking within instead of looking outside for the answers. And that's the paradox right there, because here we are offering answers from the outside, but throwing up a mirror as opposed to right now, a lot of people in that fear are looking outside for solutions. And sadly, I think, you know, the, the challenge we face, I believe, is that as we can, if people continue to look outside, they're going to give in to perhaps some other, uh, other choices that in the moment may ease some pain, but long-term create suffering. You know, I, somebody said I'm a spiritual shopper, right? I get things from everybody, so I don't know who to give credit that to, yeah. to what I say. But somebody said the term self-development is a disservice. It should be replaced by collective fulfillment. Mm. Because when you do do the internal work, it is for the fulfillment of the collective. It's not for you. The Dalai Lama said it beautifully. He said, if you seek enlightenment for yourself, you're a fool. Right. If you seek enlightenment to give it to other, then you're wise. I, I couldn't agree more. And the, I guess the, I, I would like to think that at first people need to, it's like putting your mask on first. Um, that, that that's the first step mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you can't serve others until you at least that's serve right. yourself. And that's, that's you right. know, that's the leader, leadership, um, you know, 101. Exactly right. You know, everybody's a teacher, right? Everybody. We're all teachers. That means that, that we follow the rule of the universe. Whatever you give, you get. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, and we give. I mean, you, you know, if you are... Uh, somebody that doesn't open your heart and love others, you will get an absence of love in your life, right? But if you give love, you get love. So great. So we all teach this. But you cannot make a difference until you are very clear about what you're going to teach. And a teacher is someone, not that, uh, you know, I don't think there is anything I say that is I can take credit for I, I, I mean, I have 30 years of educating myself. I don't even know where I got what I got, right? But I never teach something that I have not personally experienced. Just because otherwise it would be a lecture. Right. It will be talking about something. But when I have personally experienced something, then, then I can pass it on. So then I look at my life with all the happening in my life and the tragedies and all that. And I am so grateful for this experience because they are so useful. There is not much I have not experienced. Uh, there is some, but I have had a vast experience so I can be very useful for my students because there is not much I cannot relate to. And I think that's really powerful to for those who can accept the 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 privilege and that everyone has it to be a teacher and to just look at whatever their life is and and not compare to others not to and and that's a big challenge because again back to the the paradox is we'll see someone i'm sure you have students who are so inspired by you and then they want to teach because you 
were so powerful for them. And then they can start running into a comparison and go, oh, but I haven't been through as much as Sophie. I haven't had these challenges. I haven't, right? And then they, they actually could create. I remember oh, early in my career, in my learning of myself, I was at a, I was at a T. Harvecker event, uh, the MMI, and a friend of mine, and I think, was I attending or crewing? I don't even remember. But I remember saying to a good friend of mine at the time, I was like, man, like I, I've had a reasonable life. Like I haven't been like abused. I haven't like been, or, or maybe I have, and I don't remember. I don't know. And, and he's like, careful. Don't start looking for things to, you know, you could create problems for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's just the Pollyannic in me. Cause I, I look back and I've had issues. Everyone has, but then I look at sometimes I've met people who have had horrible things happen and they just brush it off and they go, okay, well, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from it. And other people have way less happen and be like, oh my gosh, it's my life's the worst yeah. ever. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where that well, comment is going. It's just. It, it, well, I, I, I tell thought. you, it's fascinating. I, I get that a lot, right? And, you know, my life is entertaining, right? I had, like, you just look at my life and you say, wow, you know, it's like a a film or whatever. But it actually makes it easier to elevate yourself when you have tragedies. Because, as I said, the despair and the suffering pushes you to get out of survival because you can't survive, for example, the death of somebody. You can't, Mm -hmm. can't, the the death is death, right? So the people that I had a, a... uh, how do you call it? A good life or a, a, a life without too much up and downs, right? Do you know the kind of courage and the kind of commitment it takes to elevate yourself out of a life that is really quite good? <laughs> See, my life sucked. I mean, I was in despair. Get me out of there, right? That was no problem. There was just one way to go for me. Okay, but if your life is actually quite good, what is going to give you a kick in the butt? So the people that that actually have the courage and the calling and this impulse to elevate themselves without tragedy, well, I, they have all my respect. Yeah. Well, and you know, you bring up a great point because uh, there are how many like super well off families have like these children so maybe the the parents worked really hard and they they started with nothing they worked really hard and then like i'm never gonna allow my kids to ever have to suffer and then those children sometimes very often actually create a life of suffering for themselves because their families lovingly you know, road to hell, paid with good intentions, like, oh, I, I never want to have my child suffer, never have to do that, when apparently, and, and I agree, without that suffering, without that pain, without that challenge, growth does not occur. And this is where I think I agree with you, you started out in the conversation, that the, the God, the universe, Mother Nature, whatever, is providing an opportunity for us to choose growth, evolution, elevation, or not and well if you don't then suffering will will be the energy that will push you to go because there is only one way to go you cannot resist evolution right (laughs) whatever you try saying no 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 i don't want it forget it you are going one way but the thing is with the 
unhappiness and dramas and victimization and whining and making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, that's the right expression. It's just a way the, the, the people have to create thrills. Do you see, if you don't create really, you create, you choose with your free will, what is going to give a thrill to your life? Like for me, creating a new culture for humankind. That's a big thrill. Okay? Well, if you don't create consciously with awareness your own thrilling mission and purpose in life, what you're left with is drama, stories, whining, victimization. So it's thrill all the way. One, you are at the helm, and the other one, you experience running after the train. So beautiful. How can we help people make that decision to consciously, through awareness, choose the thrill of evolution, elevation, as opposed to like the the short term relief of some pain by and the thrill of you know uh, the, the thrill of the drama of f this person screw this arg 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 and and we all have moments of that I do I see a lot of, and actually Heidi and I my wife who uh, she's quite she's loving this you guys would get along amazing she's incredible human you guys should connect um, you know she kind of pointed out one time she's like you know when we're working in this one environment, you would, the, the pain you had was like a backhanded optimistic thing. Cause you would notice how things could be done differently and then work to try and change how things are done. But in a situation that maybe not able to do that, maybe the, that was just, you know, like the 500 pound gorilla. What do you, you know, you, you know, you, you may not be able to influence the, uh, the behavior, so there's that fine line, like you shared earlier, of acknowledging the suffering, acknowledging the, the challenges, wanting to do something about it, yet then there's that, that push and pull of like where, where can one make that distinction where they're not getting stuck in the 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 thrill of the the pain of things while you're using that as the energy to move forward. Mm. If that makes sense. I'm sorry, uh, that was a long-winded question. No, no, let me see if I can uh, just say. So people suffer, right? So they are in circumstances, they suffer, there is the anxiety, the fear, whatever they're going through, right? So on one hand, you know you need to accept that and go through it, but you don't want to wallow in it. So your question is how what is uh, the catalyst, no, the, the thing that will make them take a step towards awareness? Is that what your question well, is? Well, I, I guess what I'm, um, the, the, I'm looking for a way that people could make a, a, a choice, right? Chocolate or vanilla. Mm -mm -mm. Make a choice to move forward and live into the excitement, the thrill of that positive change the positive transformation the evolution because mm -hmm. i think right now that's where we're being pushed to okay okay good okay i think it's only awareness that's the only thing that's why i say awareness is the ultimate power right so what is awareness is is telling the truth and being profoundly related to what is happening in the present that's what awareness is and every you know as you know i i 
my big training, forget about my diplomas and all that. My big training is all those thousands and thousands of conversations I had with human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And in all of those conversations, first, I never met a bad human being. I only met people that did bad things. Right. So that shifted my entire view of life, right? I fell in love with human beings, even the one doing the most crazy things, because I know underneath there is the divine. Okay. And then the second thing is every single one that I've met was came to the point where he could stop looking good. He could stop pretending. The moment you get that little window when a person stops being inauthentic and pretending everything is fine and say, you know what? I might have the car, the house, the wife, the husband, the kids, all that. I am so profoundly dissatisfied. I am so unfulfilled. I'm yearning for something and I don't know what it is. And I know there is something absolutely extraordinary inside of me that wants to be free, that wants to be expressed, and I have no access to it. When a person gets to that level of authenticity, is able to tell the truth about having spent their life going for success or whatever people go to, the moment you tell the truth, you have put down survival and you're 50% of the way there. So only uh, there is a saying, right? The truth shall set you free. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Uh, pun intended. So I'm trying to, it's, as I'm seeing all of what's happening in the world and the, the, disconnect the 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 spread and i am a hundred percent on board with you in in awareness um and a conscious choice made from a place of connected to source and so forth how can we support the energy of taking personal responsibility um because that is i i, I believe a hundred percent true is that if they get to that point and i think when I was hearing you share that, I, I just imagine some people getting present saying, yes, everything is not as great as it is. And then it is such and such's fault. It is COVID's fault. It is all of this. How, any advice or any tools that we could share to help someone actually then take personal responsibility to realize that they're making the decision to blame, they're making the decision to whether they want to admit it or not, get that awareness that they're choosing to stay in suffering as opposed to moving to a, a more empowered philosophy. There is a very simple conversation, right, that I have had with all my nieces, nephews, and, and all the, mostly with children and some adults, but um, maybe the conversation is a bit harder with adults, but very simple. I just create two games, right? I tell everybody there is two games. There is a game of the originator. That means that in that game, you are the one that is the source of everything. And then there is a game of the sufferer, meaning in that one, everything is outside of you. And you have the impact of everything outside of you. So when the sun is shining, it's great. When it's raining, you have the impact if you don't like rain. Okay. So then those people just get those two worlds. Neither of them are real. They just create it. 
right? So you can, I can be the victim of my husband's death. I married him. He died on honeymoon five days after my marriage. How unfair is that? Poor me. Obviously, God must hate me. Maybe I did something bad in a past life. It's not fair that everybody's alive except my husband. And I went under. I went right in the sufferer and the victim. That's one world. Then there is another world, the originator, right? So when that teacher told me, you need to be the originator of your husband's death, I nearly killed him. You understand? I nearly committed murder. Yeah, yeah, that was the closest I got to being a murderer. I looked at him and I said, how dare you? I did not kill my husband. And he laughed. He said, well, no, I didn't think you did. (laughs) And then I understood that he wanted me to find a place to stand where I would not be the victim of his death, right? So I looked, and the moment I was willing to look, I saw that I had married somebody that was 26 years older than me and that had a heart condition. Now, I knew that when I married him, this was not news. So really what I did is that I chose to play poker. Right, because if I wanted to to put everything on my side, I would have married somebody my age healthy. Okay, so where is the sufferer? Where is the victim in here? I chose, I played poker. Okay, I lost. But you know what? If I had to do it again, I would do it again. In spite of all the despair and the pain and the suffering, I would do it anytime again because the time I had with him is one of the gifts of my life. But I wasn't the victim. I'm the originator. I chose him. And when you get that you have the choice, if you go into being the sufferer, the victim, okay, you have that choice. But you don't have any choice about the consequences of your choice. So if you choose the world of the sufferer, you're going to suffer. Enjoy. And the word of the originator you want. I, and what's so interesting is I think that that's where we need to have the shift is, is really that, that idea of the, the consequences, natural consequences um, that I think people have been eluded in thinking that they don't, they don't deserve, like the, the consequences are unfair. I know. <laughs> and so it's interesting, our daughter, um, she's five. Uh, she's got incredible emotional intelligence. We've been playing pl- name that emotion since she was one. So she knows how to, like she, she plays, like she'll get scared. She will get into, you know, like anger. She knows how to do, you know, curious, like she and is that one she was doing this. So she's really like, she, she's so gifted she in that. Yeah. 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 She, she gets it. Yeah. But the other day, so we're up uh, or on Sunday, we were up in uh, or Saturday, we're up in, in uh, up North a bit. And her cousin is four. So she's just turned, she's about to turn six and her cousin is about to turn four. So it's a small difference, but this has come up a couple of times. She didn't want to share. Our daughter didn't want to share like the, whatever was going on. And then the, her cousin told on her and, you know, it was like, you know, told us like, you know, Ellie won't share, you know, the, the markers, whatever. And Ellie got really upset. And she's like, I don't like people telling on me. And I was, and she's like, you know, that was wrong. She shouldn't tell on me. And I said, well, honey, what's, you know, what, 
what's the what's the matter? Well, then, you know, she told you and then you would get upset at us, get, get upset at me. And I said, well, okay, but th there's consequences. If you don't share, you run the risk of someone of, of someone being upset about it and then saying something. And oh, by the way, if anyone ever does something to you, you are please feel free to tell somebody like us. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. it's not bad. It's not bad to tell on anybody, especially in in most circumstances. But she's like, I don't like consequences. And I said, Well, oh, Ellie, good, good. there it is. Yeah, there it is. So then I had to explain to her. I said, Ellie, consequences are just consequences. They aren't good or bad. They're just consequences. However, if you're doing something that has a consequence you don't like, that's something to evaluate because you can do things that the consequence will actually be fantastic. And then we started going down a pathway of kind of showing certain behaviors How and extraordinary. so forth. And I, I, not to go down like a little bit of a, a culture experience, but I think what has happened over time is a lot of parents have softened consequences mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. created a world, a model as if consequences can be avoided. Mm -hmm. And then when the real world comes in, and I think that's what's happening right now, is the real world is coming in and saying, you cannot avoid consequence. There mm -hmm. is cause and effect. There is correlation. There is all of that that we need to be aware of and be thinking in those terms. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Doug, there is a few things. The first thing is, I rejoice for your daughter that she has you and your wife as parents, because that, for me, is the embodiment of the new culture for humankind. Right? You are literally, by training your daughter, creating the new culture for humankind. The second thing is, you know the law of gravity? So there is a law of gravity, right? If you mess with the law of gravity, you will end up on your butt, right? The gravity doesn't answer to complaints, whining, it's not fair, right? You mess with gravity, you end up on your butt. So nobody, I mean, this is a universal law, so nobody... You, I mean, I've never heard somebody saying it's not fair that there is gravity. Right. Now, that law is you always reap what you sow. That's a universal rule. It is what I also call integrity. It's the perfect balance, perfect yep. equilibrium, right? You always reap what you sow. Going against and whining about a universal law is so arrogant and so pathetic and so absurd. It is actually quite funny. No, I, I'm so sorry. You will always reap what you sow. <laughs> that is it. You can whine about it, but that's it. Well, and I think that the challenge that we're experiencing it is time because there's a lag and that's where it's in those gaps that then we're able to start making new meetings, new processes, and then also seeing reasons, yeah. rationale, all of that. And then the yeah, next thing yeah. you know, we could create yeah. a model of the world that sometimes there are no consequences in yeah, a certain model. We some, we some, you can get away. Right. Yeah. But that's when, unfortunately, people start generalizing. I, I always remember like I, the, the idea of smoking, right? So I don't smoke and, and, but I remember I used to, I, I, I'm a non-smoker now and I quit many, many years ago, but I remember the, always that story, well, just because George Burns didn't die of, you know, mouth or lung cancer doesn't mean you can run the risk, right? So, it, like, that was it's such an interesting thing because so often 
Well, that's the other thing, the challenge of, and yeah, let's unpack in like an experience how technology has actually changed timelines for us because we're not seeing the work, we're not seeing the, the, the background, the context in many senses. We only see an outcome and it seems instantaneous and then we expect our experience to be the same. Mm. And that's, I think that lag time is where we suffer because gravity is pretty instant. Yeah. It, it takes a lot yeah, of work to deny gravity. Yeah, I, you know, I believe why people get away with some consequences from time to time is that I believe the universe is really out to serve us. You know, like I imagine the universe as this beautiful fulfillment intention machine. Like if you are aligned and you have an intention that is pure, the universe will give you what you need, right? And the universe <laughs> is um, truly... Yeah, fundamentally good. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes we get gifts, you know, sometimes we get away with consequences and uh, getting away with a consequence should make you wake up even faster. You'd think, right? <laughs> Don't go to sleep. <laughs> but we're all human and inside of the ego, we get arrogance. It is what I call the arrogance and makes me laugh, right? You, I, it takes one to know one. Um, uh, it's just, oh my, we are just pathetic sometimes, but, but we are waking up, we are waking up, and, and I say that with an enormous amount of compassion, it's, um, it's uh, the game of life is not easy. Well, and it's, it's so true because the way our world is right now, it's like we're fish in water and we don't even realize the, that we're in this pool that is influencing us the way it is. I remember working when I was in the treatment world, I would say to someone, you know, hey, someone eats McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and fast food every day. Do they deserve to be overweight or unhealthy? And it took some people a minute to be like, well, let me think about that. Like, uh, well, yeah. Okay. So this isn't, this is just consequence. Like you, you've been in, you're here in treatment. I know you think it's unfair that you have to leave your family and that you leave all that. It's a natural consequence based on the behaviors. You're not a bad person. You had, mm-hmm. you had some bad behavior. So you got to let that go. You got to forgive yourself and, and move on and start working on yourself forward. But resisting the fact that you're here and being resentful that this is the position you're in is just a natural consequence. And mm-hmm a natural consequence of doing the work, a natural consequence of letting all of this go, a natural consequence mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of opening up to new possibilities of being will have mm. positive consequences. Yeah. And, you know, Doug, we went, we went full circle, right? Because that is about awareness. That's yep. about telling the truth. And that's what is called thinking consciously versus having right. thought, right? And that is what awareness allows is just to examine you had a thought did you believe that thought do you need to believe that thought is there another thought that will serve you better and literally to learn to think versus having thought that's awareness and that's all it takes and the thing is and we were talking about how simple it is if not easy can you imagine if we taught our children to think consciously versus having thoughts and being caught up into the the culture of the ego we have created? That's all it will take. One generation of 
thinking consciously and the whole elevation will be global. And I, I completely agree with you that right now, hopefully, we're experiencing the pain of the birth of this new generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, again, optimistic and uh, hopeful, and yeah. uh, it, is, it is my role, my mission to, mm. to do anything I can to help ease that uh, yeah. potential negative consequence if we don't choose wisely. Yeah, well, the, the thing is... Um, um, People say, I can't wait to go back to normal. Frankly, I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want that we have a world where little children die of hunger, when there is war, separatedness, and all that. I don't want to go back to the world we had before. And um, uh, if we do not elevate ourselves globally, we won't have to worry too much because I think we will disappear (laughs) because we have too much technology to go on that way, right? Like killing each other and surviving and all that. So... As I say, you can't re- um, resist elevation. And to, to complete, I'll say, I listened to Deepak Chopra three days ago. And you know when people say something and they say it and suddenly it goes clunk with you, mm-hmm. right? And he said this sentence like he was saying, oh, I went to the market and bought some carrots. He said, oh, you don't have to listen, to um, be anxious about the future. Evolution is calling for a new culture of care generous day and being for each other there is no resisting evolution i went oh good god i got an agreement there it is and mm-hmm. he was embodying what he said so it, it soothed me it gave me tenderness and peace and saying okay the people will learn to care for each other be generous be kind and be for each other what a great culture and what a great thing to participate in I, I so true. I love that. And, and I'm hoping and, and pray for the, the spread of said message so that people can embrace the, the opportunities here for transformation. And because uh, I guess it, it is, we're either devolving or evolving. And um, I'm hoping and, and praying and, and living, uh, hopefully, the example of evolution, not de-evolution. Uh, so how can people get in touch with you and get on board with, get, get your book? Oh, you have a, yeah. it's your yeah. um, curriculum coming up. Yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you to give me that opportunity. Okay, everybody, if you listen, go to my website. I have done a website as explanatory as possible about everything I say. It's called sophiemaclean.com. And in it, I have one-on-one courses that are, uh, for, um, you know, executive um, people that wants privacy and do one-on-one courses. I have a course called the Awareness Process Curriculum, where it's made of four courses. You start with one, obviously, that starts in September 22nd. This is the deconstruction of the ego. That's where it starts. It is so powerful, Doug. It's 12 sessions. Can you believe in 12 sessions? You get to the source of your ego. I'm very proud of that course. It's fantastic. I also have a membership program if people want to practice awareness. I have call, live call once a week, where we literally have the same kind of conversation that you and I had. And it's really extraordinary to hearing everybody. And then I have my book on my website. And then what else do I have? Uh, I'll probably forget something, but there it is. So go to my website. Everything is there on my Facebook page. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll put that in the uh, descriptions down here and, and uh, also on the descriptions in YouTube and all that good stuff. So Thank you. 
thank you so much for sharing your your brilliance. Uh, I I will tell you, I there's another thing I I borrowed. Um, what is it? Where they say, uh, what is it? Uh, the average person borrows geniuses steal. So I uh, I stole from I believe it was from either you directly or part of the uh, the the whole experience that uh, I met you in is I love you for who you are and who you aren't. Oh, that's very nice. Yes, I used to say that. That's very true. That's total acceptance, right? That's the space of oh. love. So, I, so I, I, I stole it. I, I, yeah, I give you credit. Go for it. Go, go for it. I'll <laughs> give credit to my own teachers. Um, Doug, I just want to thank you first for the difference you make for your delicious safe space. It was a pleasure to spend that time with you. I hope we meet in person soon. And I really uh, thank you for your generosity and kindness. Well, I will definitely be in touch. We go, I have family and friends. I'm from New York originally. And, and uh, so I still am up there. Well, not as much recently, but of course we'll be back. We go up several times a year, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch. And uh, anything that I can do to support you and your mission is um, my resources are your resources. So sir, thank you, sir. I appreciate so it so much. All right. Well, we will see you soon and hopefully you will uh, have some new uh, new fans, new tribe, new uh, students, and we will be in touch very shortly. All right. My dear. All right. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.